This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBook. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into a championship Sunday. And we are in the zone because there are two games on the horizon. And after this... There's only going to be one game of football to be played, so let's take advantage of the last, let's say, multiple game slate of the NFL season. Before we get into all of that, i got to get you to my statistician, my partner in grind, the guy that rocks it every single Sunday with me, the one that brings you all the numbers, the one that brings you all the 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 man behind sports map, let's call it, right? At Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? Thanks for the great introduction, my man. This is it. This is this is why you lift all those weights. This is what you do it for, to play these championship games, as Bill Parcells would say. So here we are, Championship Sunday. I'm looking forward to these two, man. I think it's going to be a good slate today. Lifting weights, no pun intended, but then that brings me to the guy behind the glass, the guy that needs no weights. He just he just wakes up and just wakes up a little bit more swole every week. A little bit abs, he's like six-pick. Well, now that's a seven, that's an eighter. Well, that's just <laughs> natural. The guy behind the glass at Crossing Radio is where you can find him, ladies, where you can find him, hey, after this show, groupies, whatever you want after the show, you're going to have to pick your number, take your number in line. But my man... Andrew! I appreciate that, Jerry. I, I wish it was that easy, but I do appreciate it, my man. <laughs> uh, hey, the phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. I know the energy is going to be somewhat different than last week because last week we had, uh, I guess, there was still hope. Maybe that the Texans were going to be able to uh, pull something off, something miraculous. We know what happened, and by now it's been hammered out, but we're a Sunday show, so we at least got to talk to it and we, about it. We will, but the phone lines are open for anything that you have as far as gambling. If you have any DFS lineups that you want to run, anything you want to talk about, phone line 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975. Anything you want to get out, get out, go ahead and hit us up because we got a full show. We got some action. I got some soccer. Uh, the last few weeks that I've given out soccer – I've uh I've lost here, and I like I said I'm I'm one that that always gets on Twitter, and I'm all boom, and I put my little fire emojis. But at the same time, whenever I lose, I like to let it out there because I don't want to give somebody a false sense of identity of man that guy thinks he wins. I don't want to be that Vegas Dave guy that everyone talks about <laughs> because that doesn't exist. So on that note, today's my redemption for soccer, and that game kicks off at ten thirty. So some somewhere between here and there. We're going to drop some uh, some bets, and we got Andrew behind the glass, and I'm, I'm curious in his thoughts as well because he knows this soccer pretty well. But what's going on with you, my man? Man, that was uh, – speaking of missing bets, I was on the, the Texans or, – or the Chiefs, I should say, to cover in the first quarter. That did not work out because we had that trend where the Texans just couldn't get it really going early on offense. 
And then you have the, the busted coverage play to Kenny Stills that starts the game with the touchdown. They, they, they didn't get lined up correctly, or I think they were just paying too much attention to Fuller and Stills and ran right past, right past him. And then they had the, the block punt return for a touchdown. How often does that happen? And then he fumbles, and then on special teams, they get a quick touchdown because they get the ball at like the 10-yard line. So everything was going for the Texans, man, and they gave you a little bit of hope. But – as I was sitting there watching the whole time, I was like, man, I don't know if this is, is good because the Texans aren't used to playing with a lead like this, you know, especially against a team like the Chiefs. And then the fake punt happens. And from then on, I knew as soon as the fake punt happened, I was like, they're going to lose this game. I even tweeted out, you watch, Kansas City will have the lead before the end of the second, before the end of the second quarter. And sure enough, they did. All right. So from an emotional standpoint, I want to know your guys – feelings because you know i don't i don't bleed texans you know i don't bleed houston sports uh i do like the astros and i'm not we'll get into that i guess a little bit but whatever the case may be that doesn't have anything to do with it where where i want to get to here at what point or what were your feelings what were your thoughts what was your confidence level because it's i know now looking outside in it's easy to say man it, it's real cliche to say it's it's the funny thing to say man i had no confidence but at one point or another you started thinking you know what this is it because what you saw the previous night with the titans being able to do on the ravens and right. then you saw them everything pretty much happening drop balls the special teams everything led you to believe hey there's a chance not to say that at any point you felt comfortable but did you think at any point like hey you know what this can be it you know, yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, when they were up, you know, by three touchdowns, but at the same time, you know who's on the other side, and you know the Texans' defense isn't, defense isn't very good. And, I mean, they had a lot, like you said, all the drop passes and the fumbles. You knew the Chiefs weren't going to do that the whole game. When Here's the thing. When I realized they were really in big trouble was they could not cover Travis Kelsey to save their lives. I mean, they tried everything. You know, they tried Lonnie Johnson on him. They tried doubling him, Justin Reed. And what did we talk about? We, we talked about it during the show, that the Texans not having Gibson at safety was going to be a big deal because he was their best player when it comes to covering tight ends. And the first time they played the Chiefs, Kelsey didn't have a very big game. I think he had less than 75 yards and he didn't score a touchdown. So what's Bill O'Brien do? He plays Gibson in a meaningless Week 17 game against the Titans. He gets hurt for the rest of the year, and then you don't have him to play against Travis Kelsey, and then Kelsey eats you alive. Three touchdowns, man. And I would say like a 75% yeah. uh, Kelsey. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? Did I, I, And I know, like I said, I know that at somewhere, you being from Houston, you, you can't get comfortable, but at one point did you think, this can be that moment. This is going to be special. It's impossible for it to not cross your mind, especially after what you saw the night before. But I think a lot of Houston Texans fans had sort of sold out or sold on the Texans. And as long as Bill O'Brien's here, it's going to be hard to buy back in. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Jerry. When we were up 24 nothing, I bought back in a little bit. I wasn't all the way in, but I was like, you know what? I don't know what devil Bill O'Brien sold his soul to, <laughs> but it, whatever he did, it's working. Because I've never seen them come out in a game like this even if some of it was kind of fluky with the Tyreek Hill muffed punt. But once they settled for a field goal and the Chiefs drove right back down, I knew that they were about to be in for a dogfight because the Chiefs had just taken the Texans' best punch. 
And I didn't know if the Texans were going to be able to take a Chiefs punch, and they weren't able to. That Hardman return, right when that happened, I started feeling it as well. Yep. Now, we leave that game with the bad taste in the mouth of Bill O'Brien, and you have that taste that you've had before, so it's something that this isn't new. It just tastes even worse and worse. And you start asking yourself, why do I put, why am I subject to this? Why, as a fan, right? As a fan of the Texans that you guys are, you guys listening out there as fans, you say, why must we always get fed this plate? Why does the, 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 the final meal of every season, it usually tends to taste the same? And then you say, well, some moves got to be made yeah. and, and they will be made. And then I guess somewhere, somewhere in this Astros turmoil, the Texans somewhat got lucky. O'Brien's in a closet laughing, thinking, thank you. Thank you for whatever happened. Uh-huh. And then now the news that Texans outside linebacker coach and senior defensive assistant Joe John Pagano has been fired, yep. which, okay, some moves got to be made, and I didn't figure that was the move. So then you think, well, why did Cornell never make any adjustments? And then the head coach at least coming down on him. If Cornell's not going to make them, then the head coach has got to be, hey, you you're out of line right now. We've got to make, we've got to change something. At this point, the seventh straight touchdown drive, something's got to change. But from the reports, they're saying that Cornell is expected to consider retirement, and I think that's going to be a pat on the back. More like, hey, w- w- instead of firing you, do you think you might want to leave? Uh-huh. You know, before we let you go, because we're probably going to let you go. And he's thinking, well, let me go off the high road, and I think that's what they're getting at here, which. Is shady business at this point because the fan, you as a fan, want to see repercussions. There's you at your job. If something doesn't go right tomorrow, you better be sure that someone's coming down on you and saying, "Hey, what happened here?" And just in life, you want to see someone. You want to see if if results aren't getting made. You want to see somebody. Uh, you want to see the organization do it just like in regular life yeah, works, right? Accountability, right? Accountability. Some, somebody's got to take it. So one person's got to be held accountable and say, all right, well, it starts here. And then all of a sudden, you pull out somebody that most people don't even know that's in the organization, and, it, and you're going to let it be where Cornell uh, retires instead of you making that. So it's still going to leave you with the same feeling that you had now, that no decisions were made as of, no, the buck stops here. We're going to start, start here with a new change of culture. No, it's like, well, he retired. Let him. He, he walked on his own. And here's the other problem with that. All these other teams that are having coaching changes are snatching all the good guys up right now. While you're sitting around going, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe Romeo Cornell will be back. Maybe not. Right after the game, O'Brien said he expected him back next year. Right after the game. And then he said, oh, we knew you know, we were going to have to score 50 today. What? You knew you were going to have to score 50? Like the Chiefs hadn't scored more than 40 the whole season. And you went into the game, no, yeah, we're, we're going to have to put up 50 to win this game. And you know what? 50 still wouldn't have won it for him, by the way. And that's what's sad about yeah. it. Now, maybe O'Brien's pulling that move like, I got to join forces here because we might both go. So let's, hey, he goes, I go. And then Cornell's like, well, sorry to say it, but I might retire. And he's like, well, who, who else is here with me? Yeah, and you fire your linebackers, coach. So, and, I haven't heard about them interviewing other defensive coordinators. Defensive coordinators, so 
that's the whole point. If you're going to replace somebody, you have to have a better option. You don't just fire people to fire people. You talk to the GM. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's Bill O'Brien. Like, we did. Yeah. We already did that skit. He walks around the aisle, comes back, <laughs> turns his hat around. Yeah, the other let, way. let me talk to your manager. <laughs> when he comes back, and, and you're like, "Well, I know that butt chin. I know that butt chin anywhere." Again, though, to get serious here, it's um, we make we laugh at it, but at the end of the day, in in life, results are required to 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 move to the next level or for in football or in sports for an organization organization to make that next move. And at this point, you seem to just be stagnant. And I guess there I'm still hearing reports that Casario's is 50, 50, maybe even less than that. While some people thought maybe it was 75, 25. Yeah, no, I mean, O'Brien, he, they talked to him the other day. He said he doesn't plan on bringing in a new GM. So <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> This, you can't make this up. You can't up. make this up. And he's, you know, he's calling the plays, too. And that's why the clock management's so bad for guys that are calling plays. Because they're they're not managing the whole game. They're worried about what play they're going to call next. And I'm, I was hoping maybe he'd bring in some kind of offensive mind to help him be the coordinator so he could focus more on the game and, you know, get some life in the offense. Like, Deshaun Watson should look better than he does. And I think... The offense isn't that creative, so there's a lot to get into here, man. But I was I was really disappointed, you know, the way that ended, obviously. But the fact that it looks like it's Groundhog's Day and it's going to be the exact same as next year, man, that's what has Texans fans just pissed. 713-780-3776, Championship Sunday. We spoke a little bit about the Texans. we got to get that out the way. I know you've been hammered by now all week long about it, so the last thing you want to do is for us to mess up your coffee, right? But That's you know what? what? The Astros thing got a lot of people talking more about that. So I think, you know, this Texans thing hasn't been hit as hard as it, it deserves. And I'm and as far as just that, and we're about to go to break, so I want to get past that as well, though. we got to quit dwindling on things in life. Whenever you get put in front of the judge and you get your sentence— Whatever happens after that, hey, you you served your sentence. So speaking of the Astros, we're going to get into a little bit of that, what I think about as far as that. If you got any thoughts, hey, I want to hear from you, Houston, 713-780-3776. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Squad is here and accounted for. We got Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, and your man Jerry Bonos with a Z. We're here to break down Championship Sunday. Talk to little Texans, what there is left on the bone, the little bit of meat, or we'll call it fat, that's left on the bone of what is the carcasses of the Houston Texans in the season that was. If you have any thoughts, 713-780-3776. If you've been waiting all week long just to get it off your chest to the money line, guys, hey, that's what we're here for. If you have a bad beat, if you have anything to talk about, just as far as being a Houston fan, because it's been dark times, and 
being here, a, a native of this, you know, living here my entire life, I've seen some swings. Maybe I didn't understand them, so I don't want to sit here and stand on a hill that a lot of people are standing on and saying, this is the darkest time by far in Houston sports. But from the times that I've been able to understand sports to where it actually hurt feelings and you see people get hurt feelings when you were a kid, maybe you didn't understand it. And I didn't experience it. But from my standpoint, where I'm at right now, I can only live what I've what I see. And in my lifetime, this is the darkest because just overall, not saying that it's things that you can't bounce back from, but you, we were talking earlier, and it's a domino effect. Look at everything that's happened. Yeah. I mean, you look at just start simply with the Rockets last night. What's it, four in a row, Andrew, they've lost? Something like that. Awful for them. U of H loses their quarterback to the transfer portal. You have all the stuff with the Astros. Not only did the Astros lose in Game 7 of the World Series in an ugly fashion where A.J. Hinch maybe had the worst day of his life coaching, pulling Zach Greinke, and we know what happened after that. Then you have the scandal where they try and take the shine off the 2017 World Series that, you know, that was one of the best days of my life when it comes to sports as a Houston sports fan. And then the Texans go out and and do their Texan thing. I guess my problem with the Texans was they gave you hope for a second when they got up that big. Because we talked about it on the show. We all predicted the Chiefs would win that game last week. We all, we didn't want to, but we were like, man, they're they're a better team and they have a better coach. So they're probably going to win and they're at home. And they did. But the Texans gave us hope by by getting up and by the offense actually looking good. But as you look back at it, it wasn't the offense doing great. It was those special teams plays that gave you those flips and field position. You know, Watson was able to get a nice pass to Fells for that touchdown where they were real close. And then you had the busted coverage on, you know, the the play to Stills early in the game. So you had all those things going for you. And and then, you know, the, the rug got pulled out from underneath you. So once they gave you some hope, they took it right away. And it, you saw everything else you needed to see. The defense is terrible. You don't really have many draft picks to go fix the defense. You traded Clowney for basically nothing. Uh, you know, Jacob Martin's been okay, but I'm not going to count on him having an impact like Clowney for the rest of his career. So you just wonder, and they're not going to have a ton of cap money because they're going to have to pay Tunsil and Deshaun Watson. So I don't know. And the, the coaching's bad. I, I just I don't know how they get – above and beyond to a title game i just i don't see it so we spoke about all in we use that phrase and we 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 use the analogies of poker yep so whenever you do push your chips all in and you happen to lose as what happened sunday then then you say do i have a rebuy mm-hmm. and your rebuys are your draft picks and whatnot going into the next year so at this point you left the texans without a rebuy yeah you're, you went all in, and you said, I didn't. I don't need a rebuy. I'm confident. And you didn't make the final table. No. And you weren't really – they couldn't play with the Chiefs the other day. I mean, come and on. And we man. knew that. Who, yeah. what are, what are, who are we were kidding? But, again, when you see Tennessee, same AFC South, a team that you've beaten, go and beat a Ravens team, which – Many had better than the, you know, better than the Chiefs, the front runners, and everything. The yeah. Ravens goes back to our conversation of last week, saying elite, and who's elite, and you have to put Mahomes in his own category. I think when we break down the tiers of this season, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, with Lamar Jack, uh, what he did, you can't ever take that away. I mean, the the, the passing, leading, and and the touchdowns and the running. 
But when you look at it as matchup proof of what we try to say to Hopkins is and whatnot, as far as quarterback, I mean, how can you game plan against uh, Mahomes? How You saw him using his legs. You saw him doing everything he can. Mahomes, you can get down 24 points and still not flinch. With, with Jackson, if you get down 24, there's still that little bit of, man, this game might get away from us here because his inability to be able to throw. You saw him throw up ducks. I mean, you saw Lamar throw up ducks on that. You, he had a lot of garbage time stats. You look at Mahomes, and he's just a different character. That guy's different, and I might be tripping here. If you're listening right now and you're saying, Jerry, I'd rather have Lamar than Gay. The phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. If you rather have Watson, whatever the case may be, because we tend to put these guys in the same category uh, you know, often. But uh, to be honest with you, man, Mahomes is in a whole different category to me. Is, or am I out of, way out of line here? No. I mean, I think he's... I think he's elite and then that number one spot. I, I really do. And he showed that last week. I still think Lamar's great. And I mean, remember, somebody put it, it was John Harbaugh that said the other day, like, Lamar Jackson's younger than Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just think about that. Like, he's got room to improve. And he played really well this year. But, yeah, he didn't have a great game. But they were also off for three weeks. And we talked about how the Chiefs might be a little bit rusty, too. And they were starting that game against the Texans. But I think the difference for the Chiefs was – a, I think they match up against the Texans better. But B, they didn't have that extra week. They had to play week 17 to get that bye, hoping that the Patriots would lose, where the Ravens took week 17 off. So then they had week 17 off, they had the bye week off, and then they go in and play that game against Tennessee. They had a, a full more week of not playing real football. No, you make a great point. Again, the phone lines are open. We want to hear from you because... It seems like a lot of the narratives have changed since, let's say, week 10. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or let's go back to the week Texans-Ravens. After that matchup, you started thinking of the narratives behind Jackson. But it always sat in the back of your mind saying the defensive coordinators, they're going to catch up. Let's wait Let's wait a season. Not that they're going to make him dwindle down to where he goes off the face of the earth like a RG3. Not anything like that. But... We also knew that they would catch up at one point, but with Mahomes, he's he, that man is foolproof, and and you say full, I say bulletproof as far as you can throw him in any system. You know how some quarterbacks like when Brady there say was was he a system guy or what do you do with Breeze that he can't get the ball downfield no more? What can Mahomes not do? What name one thing because even as a leader, when you think a guy with those kind of assets, you think, well, maybe he isn't like a locker room guy. He's exactly what you want. But let's keep this in mind too. He has Travis Kelsey, he has Sammy Watkins, he has Tyree Kill, he has Nicole Hardman, he has Damon Damian Williams coming out of the backfield and Andy Reid calling plays for him. You know what I mean? And and keep in mind, with Lamar Jackson, you had Mark Andrews that was banged up playing through that game. He wasn't right. Mark Ingram had to leave the game. He was one of their biggest studs this year in the running game for the Ravens. So I think we have to also keep in perspective that there's a lot more talent around Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, the Texans have tried to kind of build around Watson. And not that these guys compare to those guys, but apples to apples kind of thing. Uh, okay, you have a Watson. If you had to give me Watson or Hill, I'd take. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Hopkins. If you give me Hopkins or Hill, I would take Hopkins there. But 
I guess the tight end position is such a big that's the thing move because Sammy Watkins and Will Fuller are kind of the same guy. Exactly, great athletes that can't stay healthy. And then they try to put in a Kiki, a smaller guy, maybe like how they've done the Mikos. Right. Which, um, don't get me wrong, Miko is a speedster like no other. And maybe that's what hurts sometimes that Miko and Tyreek Hill are the same type of guy. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the you see that the Texans are trying to. You see that they try to give them multiple tight end options. I mean, it's hard to find a Kelsey, but right. they try to have tight end. They've tried to put the, the pieces there. But then at the end of the day, it, it comes down to what you said, and you named him last, and it was Andy Reid calling those plays. Yeah. And you can get the, the race car driver behind that engine, and I guarantee you that you can put – you can put the best race car driver out there, and I love you, Trey, and I know you know your your NASCAR, but put Trey behind that car, and it's not going to go as fast. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just it's just the the, the nature of the game. Yep. And if you give that weld old machine with those same weapons, I believe if you had Andy Reid here, he would make way much more productivity out of that offense. There's no question. No question about it. If you have any questions about it, the phone lines are open. If you have any comments, right now, Liverpool, three minutes. I waited to the last moment. Liverpool, team total, kicking off right now against Manchester United. Liverpool, team total, over two. It's a five-unit max. I'm going to drop a kidney on it. When I come back, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5, it's on. ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Josh, where do you go whenever you go to gamble? Where do you get your best live bet lines at? Man, there's only one place. It's my bookie, Jerry. Come on, man. You know this. And I ask it in that form because I get that question in my mailbox on Twitter ten times a week, and I'm probably on the downside of that. I, I would I would take the over on that. So basically, people hit me up, and they're like, man, I've been at so-and-so guy or, or, or site or, or I'm messing with this local and I haven't got paid in three weeks. And after I paid him for the first month of, of the, of the year, whenever I was losing now, when the table has turned, I can't get paid. And you'd be surprised of how many stories go down like this and not just with locals, but as far as online sites, some of them are crooked. Some of them change lines. Some of them I've seen people reject bets after the bets made. They come back and say that line was bad. It didn't exist. So if you ask me, where do you recommend? Where do you don't? Where is it that you get the customer service? You don't see those kind of things. You don't see no sketchy business. You get the fastest payouts. That's my bookie, and I play there for everything because you know I like to play soccer. I like to play basketball. I like to play croquet. I'll play whatever it is, um, Olympic sports, anything. <laughs> you you tell me Jerry's playing it. If there's a, if there's a line on it, I'm in, and that's why I like my uh, like my bookie because. They offer degenerates like myself those options. And if I ever get lonely in 24-7 hour, uh, 24-7 customer service, I call them up and I say, hey, Mr. Mr. Bo, is that you? Yeah, I'm calling. I got bad beat. And then like, well, that's not what this is for. Did the, did the, did the platform work all right? <laughs> yeah, but I got bad beat. Did you just see what happened? But they're there for whatever you need in case you have any kind of problems. Once you do deposit, 
for the first time, they match your bonus half. So if you deposit 200, they're going to give you a free 100. What do you do with that 100? For a lot of newbies and a lot of guys that say, hey, I'm, it's intimidating getting into sports gambling, and, and they don't want to deposit and, and go full force, and I'm depositing gambling 100 at a time, and my wife's mad, and before you know it, you're in and out of sports gambling in two weeks. You don't want it to be that. You want it to be a, a small, calculated move, uh, learn the system, learn learn these games, play throughout the year, get these bonuses, and that's what you get. So use promo code RADIO. They'll match you 50% if you, aren't a, uh, if you don't have an account. If you do have one, go right now and check your uh, your email because I got one the other day for 20 bucks, lost it. But the previous one I got before this, I got one on uh, my birthday for 25, ended up turning that 25 into a parlay for over $1,200. So keep that in mind that they're always going to be sending you things. My bookie's here for whatever you need. Like I said, live betting, soccer, basketball, croquet, uh, anything you need, any kind of props, go ahead and check them out. So you play, you win, you get paid only at my bookie. My bookie, and we're going to have some plays for today's games. I don't know. Do you want to get into those here? Or, or we didn't really talk about the Astros at all. So let me just quickly your thoughts. Well, we already got in this segment, so let's go ahead and use it up because okay. it has to be talked about. From you get every perspective from these shows, and we'll give ours here because. I stood on this mic and on this stage here and I spoke about when when the Rockets started and everything was going against uh, with the Westbrook moves and I stood on a hill by myself and, you know, I took off my shirt, ripped it off and I said, you know, I don't stand for that many Houston teams, but I stand for the Astros because those are the good guys, yep. you know, and I'll fight for them. You remember that. And I said, because yeah. how can you hate on those guys and blah, 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 and whatever the case may be. Well, now um, I got to swallow my tongue. You know what I mean? Because not that, that they aren't good guys. You know what I mean? Not that they're out there committing crimes and killing people. Right. But there's uh, rules in the game that aren't written in ink. But you know that you shouldn't maneuver, touch them, you know, try to find loopholes. And once you start bringing in electronic devices, you know, as a player that's played that game your entire life, you know damn well that you're doing wrong. You know, there's not one question about it like, man, well, it's not. I mean, it's not in the rules. Come on. Let's get serious here. So. That being said, when we say, man, the Astros as an organization, was it Crane out there? I don't, I don't know. I mean, did he, you saw the way he reacted whenever he felt maybe MLB didn't make the right implications, you know, didn't hand down the punishments that he thought were, were deemed here. He took it into his own hands. Whatever the case may be, we know it. But my standing on this is we have to draw a line somewhere because if not, this is going to just keep carrying on. And if we're going to start carrying this on to electronic buzzers, and yes, Houston only has their self to blame for it because the boy that cried wolf, whenever he does go to tell the truth, nobody believes it, right? Yep. And if you steal from a cookie jar the day that something comes up missing, you better be sure you're the first person that's going to, you know, it's just life. That's life. But now you're just going to keep on throwing in Oh, I see something there or a a piece of confetti on Reddick that later on you see him in a video, take it off. 
at what point do we draw the line? At what point is it warranted? Like, yeah, you deserve this. Yeah, you deserve it. And you got the death penalty pretty much here. So who are we to keep riding down on them until they show me a buzzer? I mean, because yeah. that that would be a whole nother. If you start showing me buzzers, then we're talking about bans on players. Yeah, we are. And I think that's going to be really hard to prove. And those guys, Altuve, Bregman, have come out and said that's not true. Look, I know it's hard to believe anybody right now because what's going on. But I think we're going to come to find out that just like we thought, a lot of teams are doing this. I think we're going to find out that the Dodgers are doing it, that the Yankees are doing it. We pretty much already know the Red Sox were doing it because of Alex Cora. But I think that's going to come out. My only concern is, you know, will the commissioner really dig into this and and be fair and find and if find out if, if these other teams have been doing it too? Punish them exactly the same as the Astros. Don't just punish the Astros because you caught them first. If everybody else is doing it, you need to, you know, they didn't just pop, you know, Sosa and McGuire for steroids. They went after everybody that was taking steroids. You need to do the same thing with this. And what's surprising to me is. Like, video cameras have been around for a long time, right? So it's not a, a shock that maybe somebody would have tried something like this before, just putting a camera, you know, on the signs that the catcher is giving out. And Jack McDowell, he's been retired for years. He's a pitcher. Did you see what he came out and talked about Tony La Russa? He said back in 89 when he was with the White Sox, Tony La Russa had a camera set up on the catcher's signs. And that the starting pitcher for the next day's game would go into the manager's office and there was like a little toggle switch. And when he would see what pitch it was going to be, he would if it was going to be like a breaking ball, he'd flip the light and there was a bulb inside a big Gatorade sign above the outfield. So when the hitter's in the box and they look up at that big Gatorade sign, if that little light, light would flick, then they would know they were getting a breaking ball. So, I mean, this is that was 1989. I mean, that's not much different than... You know, the Astros using a camera and then banging on a trash can if it's a breaking ball and an off-speed pitch. So I think this helps the Astros. The more of this that comes out that they're not the first team to do something like this, and we know the Yankees and the Red Sox were punished for basically doing this the season before, and all they got was a fine. So I think the more of this stuff that comes out, the better I'm going to feel about the Astros because I don't think think they're the only team. And, I mean, look look at the World Series this year. They lost all their home games. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like they, they, and there's so many the numbers you yeah. can pull up splits. But where? So again, where do we draw the line? Because yes, that the kid that stole the cookie is going to get looked at when the cookie jar is one short. Yep. But at what point do we keep, quit looking at that kid and realize that there could be other kids that have been stealing these cookie jars? There's just one that we've caught. Right. So when? Because the guys, I mean Andrew, the ones that took the loss here are the fans because. Imagine this. If you go to away games, imagine what you're going to be subject to. No, you're the villains now. Yeah. This is going to be something new for Houston sports fans because at no point for any of the teams that I can recall, I understand the Rockets with James Harden get some hate, but this is going to be an entirely new level. You are the Patriots, but even worse in the eyes of a lot of baseball fans. You are going to be the most hated team in baseball until this group of players retires. So for the next decade plus, any any achievement, anything you do, it is going to be looked upon with skepticism. And at this point, all you can do is move forward with it, accept the hate, maybe even embrace it a little bit, and just go from there. And here's why they're getting it so heavy. The teams they beat, the Dodgers, right? 
and the Yankees multiple times. Where's the biggest media in the country? How about L.A. and New York? Are those the two teams that are the most butthurt about this? Yeah. And they hated when yeah. the Astros were on top. Because they're like, there's no way. Oh, that's the only way Houston could beat New York is because they cheated. First yeah. it was spin rate, yeah. now this. Yeah. I mean, so that's where that's coming from. And to Andrew's point about all the hate they're going to get on the road, I think they're going to get hit by a lot of pitches this year. A lot more than they have in the past. If I'm George Springer, Alex Bregman, Altuve, be, better be careful in the batter's box. Now, yesterday they had Fan Fest. Yeah. And I wanted to see, and it sucks, man, because as a human, you can't erase thoughts. You know, memories, it's tough. And that's every time I, they would interview one of them, I just kept seeing them like, man, I can't believe that these guys were sitting around trash cans banging it, like just thinking about that. But then I wanted to see what Bregman, what what kind of fire he would have under him because I think that he's going to play with a certain type of fire. Yeah. And um, like he said, people, are, they got us messed up, basically. You're about to see a team come out, and we're going to play some ball hard. We're going to play. And some people think that I know going forward – what they took away from the Astros, it's going to hurt them for the years to come. But for this one single season coming up, there's still a lot of pieces in place. Yeah. And they very well can go out there and still win. I think the the win total went down a few, maybe to 96. They can still go out there and win 100 games. And how bad would that be on MLB on and all the haters for the Astros to do this? It's a lose-lose situation, though. You can't win in that situation any of you won. Well, if you're MLB... You probably like them to come out and kick some ass because then it would show that the scandal wasn't as big a deal. You know, that these guys are just good and it wasn't it wasn't all the sign stealing that made them win. So I think that would help them. And, you know, as far as manager and GM, I, I think they're going to miss Jeff Luno. I think he might be the best, you know, general manager in baseball. But uh, go to Sports Matt. Charlie Palillo did a video on this, a really good video, and he made up a, a good point. They're going to miss Garrett Cole more than they're going to miss A.J. Hinch or Jeff Luno this year. Another you know part, I mean? dark part in Houston right there. We yeah. didn't mention that, losing him yeah. right after the game. To the Yankees. Right after the game. And my man's talking about, do I have to? I'm not an employee. Do yeah. I have to do any of these things? That's when you knew it was bad. But, again, Houston, if you're listening out there, that black cape, that, you know, that, 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 that evil empire mask that you've seen other teams like the Patriots have to wear, be prepared because now you're wearing that not only in basketball, which people always put that as an Eva helmet with a little beard hanging out. Now you're going to have that with a Altuve jersey, with a Bregman jersey, with the so outspoken Verlander that all of a sudden didn't come out and defend nothing. Just like, what was Verlander on this since you are so outspoken they, on they, everything? They, they told all the players not to say anything, that, it, which is smart. Exactly. So at this point, let's get over it. Let's get past it. The judge has ruled. And you now have to suffer from what you've done. But we got to move forward. Hopefully they go out there, surpass their wins, stick it to everybody's face and say, hey, we are who we were before this cheating. We're just good ball players. We were tripping. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah. I made a mistake. Patriots Patriots did it. Yeah, yeah, 30 years from now when your kids grow up, they're going to remember Brady for everything he did because not only did he win one time, he would stick it in your face again, and he'd win again. And when you hate on him, he'd win again. And when you hate on him, he'd win again to where you finally said, you know what? I love to hate that guy. And that's what the Astros have to be. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5.
Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Hey, Moneyliners, it's a party. It's a championship Sunday party. I know the home team's not involved anymore, but there's two big, big games to be played and there's going to be two teams advancing to the big game, Super Bowl Sunday. As for us right now, we're in the booth right now, and Liverpool has scored a goal early. And we only need two for the team total. This is my redemption song. This is my redemption time because I'm not Vegas Dave, and I can't sit here and say I've won. That man will say he he's won his last 99 bets in a row. Like, come on, man. Like, no one's believing that, no matter where you bet. But if you are betting, hopefully you're doing it at my bookie. Hopefully you got that team total. And hopefully you're going to sweat it out for the remainder of this show. We got a little bit over an hour till we get up out of here. Then you got a few hours till kickoff, and I like that little gap. I, I do, too. Speaking of Vegas Dave, isn't he engaged to, like, Holly Saunders now? I, mean, I don't what know. What is that about? I don't know what's going on. I don't know how people believe him still. There's a Twitter of uh, it's called like Vegas Dave scams or something. So basically, they're up to just trying to catch him every day on scams. And even yesterday, they caught him on one. And basically, he sends one ticket to some of the group and then another to some others. So basically, at least <laughs> some of them. If you got uh, that many subscribers, if you got thousand, yep, five hundred are winners, five hundred are losers. And then you switch switch them so they they switch the feeling. It, it, it sits there and goes, oh, these guys are losers at one point. These guys are winners. But no matter what, they're both going to get the feeling of winning at one point or another. That's the trick of the game. You're paying $500 sometimes a day to get his picks. And that's the name of the game. That's why he's got the bad girl. He's got the uh, Cabo. He, he, he's out there building Things in Cabo with elevators. You're like, man, this is ridiculous. He's out here claiming kids that aren't even his um, on the beach. Like, it's like these little, you know, he'll be out there in Mexico and the Mexican kids come up and, you know, they'll have like the jewelry and stuff they sell. Sure. All of a sudden, he's just like, this is my son. I see, I watch a video and he claims it. I'm like, man, you know, that guy's got a dad at home, right? Like, that kid's got a, a, a real dad at home. Jerk. Man. Just the Holly Saunders thing. She goes from she goes from Kingsbury to him. Like, I mean, and- <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? And um, and he he's like five foot nothing. I know it's very strange. And I mean, she's a smoke show. So I'm yeah. He I mean no, you got to give him props. Whatever he's doing, you got to give him props. But this is how much of a square he is. He sits at the Lakers games and he carries these Birkin bags. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. So these bags, they're they're purses. He calls them man bags. No, they're straight up purses, bro. Well, these bags are like five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand. He has one that's like one out of three in the world. So he carries it everywhere. He buys a courtside seat for for the bags. So he sits, <laughs> and then there's if you ever see him, and he gets like jack seats. He gets like a lot. I don't know how he's getting these seats because you figure these guys, these actors are thinking, man, I don't want that guy around us, right? So he's sitting there next to Fat Joe, for example, the other day, and he's got two Birkin bags sitting next to him, taking up a a, a court side seat at a Lakers game. You know, floor seats at the Lakers game are real expensive. Yeah, that's what kind of guy he is. Thinks he's Indiana Jones or something with the little satchel bags. 
whatever, dude. Whatever. I mean, if it works for him, he we'll hear year, years from now. We'll hear some crazy stories. I'm sure of him. I'm not sure what 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 Holly's doing it for. As far as I don't know if it's it's clout because she didn't need it. No, no. That's why I'm like, is he paying her? <laughs> Blink twice if you're okay. Did he kidnap her? I don't know what's good. Hopefully, it's not an R. Kelly kind of thing going on. Something's gonna come back. <laughs> yeah. My mind's telling me no, but my pockets are telling me uh-huh. yes. Now let's get in. To the games today. Let's get to the first one on the menu. Yeah, Tennessee KC. Tennessee KC. Let's talk some football. We're going to break this down from many angles. By now, you've heard nothing but Henry's going to run rampage. It's going to be hard to stop that train. The train that we've seen run tough the last three, four weeks. The train that we've seen do this before in this same predicament at this time of the season in previous seasons, right? Yep. Does that train keep rolling? I don't know. My kind of stat here is the, you know, the Chiefs are 9-0 and when allowing an opponent to rush for fewer than 110 yards, but 4-4 four and four when allowing more. So if Derrick Henry gets going, the trend says that Titans are going to win that game, but I got to imagine that they are going to load up to try and stop Derrick Henry, which makes me like A.J. Brown today in Daily Fantasy. I think they're going to take some shots to him, and he's, he's going to get singled up. Daily Fantasy, guys. We know everyone's going to try to ride Mahomes. Yep. Now, if Mahomes gets you a 35-point game, but he's 65 70% owned, and Tannehill has to chase because... If Mahomes throws up a 35-piece, that means that the Chiefs scored points. Right. And if the Chiefs scored points, that's going to lead to Tannehill having more attempts. And if Tannehill has more attempts, then he should score more fantasy points. So, a 28-burger, 26-27 from Tannehill at 30%, 25% owned, is greater than a Mahomes at more expensive, highly owned, 35 spot so using that mentality today and when constructing your rosters make sure you think of it that if you're playing cash games yeah that's a whole different ball game because you want to get the secure factor here but even in that aspect i still think that you're secure to teams facing again uh, the chiefs they throw for more than their season average we saw watson go almost 20 passes over season average you have to chase it's the nature of the game and I think that that's going to happen in this game today. I believe that Ryan Tannehill is a steal in DFS. Yeah, he's definitely the contrarian play if you're not taking Mahomes. Because Mahomes is so expensive that you're going to have to put somebody like Adam Humphreys on your team to be able to afford Mahomes. You know, you're going to have to take a low-level guy in a spot. And with Tannehill, you can kind of load up with studs. And I think you make a good point. He is going to have to throw today. You know, your only concern is is with the, when they get down close, they're probably going to give it to Henry to try and punch it in. But if you think they're going to make some big plays, you know, Tannehill has been throwing for some touchdowns, just his attempts have been down. So I think this week is a good week to roll with Tannehill because, man, so many people I've already seen are on Mahomes, and I can't blame them. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes, but I'm always one of those guys that likes to get studs at, you know, receiver and running back and go a little cheaper at quarterback. That's just kind of how I like to do things. 
Now let's talk about who who Tannehill is, and not just in these last few games because we know that the script hasn't played in his favor. They haven't needed him. The, the game's been within uh, – they've had leads, actually. Not even – I'm not going to say within striking distance because they've controlled ball games, yeah. leading it to where they don't need it. They don't need him to either win or lose games. They don't need to risk that. But who is Tannehill overall from taking over? Led the NFL in yards per attempt, 9.6 yards per attempt. So he gets it down there. 117.5 passer rating. That's including the playoffs. Accounted for multiple touchdowns in 11 of 12 starts, 20.1 rushing yards with five rushing touchdowns over the last 10 games. Kansas City, 10th most quarterback rushing yards this season. Look for him to get on his wheels. Look for him to, in a game that everyone might know that the Titans are going to have to pass because they are down and the defense might get in somewhat of a prevent. Like, let's, let's get back. We'll, we'll give up the eight-yard run. We'll give up the 10-yard run. We'll give that up because they're down two scores. Look for Tannehill, rush props, over. Man, I, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, the, the thing I'm going to look for is the deep ball with the Chiefs. That's what they love to do. They actually had 13 plays this year where the ball carrier reached 20-plus miles per hour, which is the most in the NFL. You know, you think about it with Hardman and, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, they have guys that can really run. They love to push the ball down the field. So I can see why people like Mahomes this week because I think he's going to air it out because that's what they do. There you go. We're just getting started here. We're going to build out some DFS lineups. We're going to give you some plays. We're going to give you some gambling plays because I know that's what a lot of you are waiting for. You got your my bookie open. You said, hey, I listened to you. I opened up the account. I got this free money. I'm waiting on Liverpool right now. They took a goal away from us, Jerry. I don't even watch soccer. What does that VAR mean? What does VAR mean? That virtual assistant referee, what does that mean? Well, it means that we need another goal before we could cash out. It means that your bookie's sweating, though, because the game's early. And it means that you got to spend another hour with the money line guys, because it's Championship Sunday, and we're getting it live. Get ready. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. Moneyline is in the building Championship Sunday. Date with the latest innovations hitting the city of Houston by visiting innovationmap.com or follow them on any of your social media platforms. Just search Innovation Map.